This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope this message meets you where you are and elevates you to where God is taking you. Enjoy the message. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hopeland Online. About to jump into the Word. Hope you enjoyed worship, and let's do this. Philippians chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 10. Uh, we're in part two of... Um, our series, Stop Complaining and Give God Praise. And let me pray, and we're going to jump right into the Word. Father, we thank you, God, for your Word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, Lord, that leads and guides us into all truth. Uh, God, we pray that as we hear the Word, we're changed by it. I pray as we hear the Word, it's planted on good soil. Uh, Father, prepare our hearts right now in this moment so that when we receive this word, we will produce fruit that remains. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Let's jump right in. Philippians chapter four, verse 10, it says this, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. And so this church in Philippi, the Philippian church was generous and they really supported Paul in his ministry to them, okay? Uh, They supported him financially in his ministry. Though though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Uh, Verse 11, uh, not that I speak in regard to need, uh, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. For I, this is what the Apostle Paul told this church, I have learned in whatever state, condition I am in, to be content. Verse 12, I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And so we're going to talk about contentment today in regards to stop complaining and give God praise. Um, I believe that when we lose Uh, the blessing and opportunity to be content, we will begin to complain. If we aren't content in Christ, we tend by nature to lean towards contention. If we aren't content in Christ, we become contentious, right? And we want to be people that um, uh, attract God's peace into our relationships and, and, and our life personally. And contentment is powerful, okay? Uh, contentment is powerful. When we walk with God and we experience, right, his faithfulness through the good times and the bad, through the mountaintops and the valleys, um, we, and we stay faithful to the Lord, we begin to learn. And, and we begin to learn um, how to walk with God even when um, situations are tough, we learn. And I want to encourage you today, and this is the first point of today in regards to being content, okay? And what, what a perfect um, kind of subject here. One of, our, one of our prayer points for this month as a church is being thankfulness and contentment. I mean, that's what we kind of celebrate in the month of November and culture um, is being thankful um, and so uh, content, right? And so here is the first point, is contentment 
is learned. Uh, contentment is learned. Be encouraged. Nobody has it just right all the time. Nobody is perfect at it. And this is the super encouraging part of this is you can learn it. It can be learned. The Apostle Paul said, I learned. I learned. I have learned. In verse 11, he says, I'll read it again. I have learned. I have learned. It's a process. I have learned to, in every, in whatever state I am, to be content. I have learned in whatever state I am in to be content. How many of you know this year we've had opportunity to be content in situations that have been unfavorable, just came out of nowhere, threw a curveball at us, threw us off kilter maybe, maybe really uh, troubled us and we've walked through maybe some of us literally real dark places this year uh, because of what has been going on in society. Um, and, and we uh, in Christ can learn how to be content regardless of the state or situation we're in. So, so here it is. Here, 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 here is the encouraging point about, about contentment and that it can be learned is learning means anybody can do it. Anybody can learn it and you can learn it. You might, you might have by nature kind of had a negative approach toward things, maybe just because of your life experiences, um, maybe the way you were taught, the way you were raised is just to um, complain, uh, be ungrateful, and not that maybe you're even intentionally trying to be that way, but it's been a learned behavior and you can learn to be content. Okay, contentment um, is not a spiritual gift, right? It's not like some people have it, some people don't, and it's just God's grace. No, contentment can be learned, all right? It's not a gift that only a few have. Praise the Lord for that. Um, anybody can learn. Here it is. In learning, here it is. This is the beauty about learning, is that learning denotes time and circumstance. I mean, it just takes time. He said, I have learned, you know, in whatever state I am. He explained actual situations. When I'm abased, when I abound. When I, when, when I have more than enough and, I, and I'm in a condition of suffering need, he can and you can learn contentment, okay? Learning denotes a process. This is a process for all of us. Uh, you, can, you can learn to be content, all right? Learning denotes uh, not getting it right all the time. I mean, when you're learning, you're learning, right? Uh, I, I look at my children all the time and I'm like, okay, they are learning. They don't get it right all the time, but they are learning, okay? Learning denotes getting back up and trying again. Learning denotes that I will fall, and but I can get back up. I'm learning. Learning denotes that Oh man, I kind of messed up there. I was a, I, that situation kind of threw me off. I was a little ungrateful. I started to get overly negative and I kind of forgot, you know, what the word says or what, what God is doing and how good he has been. Okay. It can be learned. Okay. Once again, contentment is learned. All right. I'm going to give you the definition of the word content in the Greek because I really, uh, want to teach you, teach you this. And it really means it comes from word that, um, it's two words that mean self-sufficient. Now, I know self-sufficiency when it's when it's humanistic and it's outside of Christ and are dependent on him, it is bad. But this is just talking about um, us being sufficient in who God made us um, and not determining our attitude or our our temperament based on outside things, outside stimuli. Because the Apostle Paul said, I've learned whatever, wherever, 
and when, whenever, wherever I am, I have learned to be content, okay? So it comes from self-sufficiency. Content in the sense of being satisfied because we are living in God's fullness. That's what it means, that I am living in God's fullness. Here it is. It's the inward sufficiency. It's this inward sufficiency, okay? It's coming from Christ within. It's coming from the Holy Spirit within us. Uh, this inward sufficiency, not outward, not because of what is happening out here, but it's because of what's going on in here. Um, my, the condition of my insides, my spirit, my soul um, is not determined by the condition on the outside. So this inward sufficiency is as valid in low times or suffering as in high times or, you know, temporal prosperity. So we have moments in life where we are go through situations on the outside of our spirit and our in and who we are on the inside in Christ and they they don't always line up with what's going on on the inside our true uh, position in Christ but this contentment is something that comes from the inside it's really here's another a word that defines it it's inward adequacy in Christ it is it is being adequate with who God has made me to be. It, it, is, it is being um, sufficient in who God has made me to be. The Bible says that uh, God told Paul, you know, my grace is sufficient. So I in Christ have enough and I in Christ am enough. I have learned to be content wherever I am, you know, and in whatever situation I am in that, that I can be inwardly adequate in Christ and inwardly sufficient in Christ. I am enough in Christ, and I have enough in Christ, okay? And it comes through just the indwelling uh, presence of God. It is Christ in me, the hope of glory, okay? And so and so we um, can learn this. When you walk with God, and you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and you are walking with God, God in you, Christ in you, and you in God, and you are walking through life, this journey in life. God desires that you learn through your journey to be content with Christ alone. So the definition of the word learned in the Greek, it means to learn by experience, often with the implication of reflection. I know that's such a definition. That's like people don't even talk like that. Well, people that I hang out with don't talk like that. But uh, but learned, okay? To learn by experience. This is learn. It actually the word learn, interestingly enough, it come, it's 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 connected to the word disciple. It's connected to the word disciple. You know that we are Christ's disciples, we are disciplined learners, right? Being we are followers of Christ right? And the word, it comes from the word discipline. It comes from the word discipline. And so, so the encouragement is, is that uh, contentment is learned. And the way we learn it is to um, continue to stay in the will of God, um, even when there's difficulty around. That's where you're going to learn contentment, is when you can look back at the mountaintop experiences and those valley times, those, 
those victorious times, um, uh, you know, those, those triumphant, you know, uh, causes for celebration times and those moments that, um, are not so favorable. Um, you know, it's when you were walking through a time where you were abased and going through something and suffering through something, maybe mourning the death of a loved one, maybe, um, just troubled by uh, things just happening. Some things didn't work out, a, a friend, a relationship, whatever, that you lost something. And the Apostle Paul said, I've learned. I, I can look back on my life and I can say, man, I have learned that whatever state I am, I can be sufficient and adequate, um, and adequate in Christ regardless of what, I am going through. It is learning by experience. All right, let's go to Hebrews chapter 13. Verse five says, um, let your conduct be without covetousness, okay? And that, that word really is about being greedy for money. That's what this word literally means. Um, but be content, because I believe sometimes finances um, Bible says the love of money, the love of it is the root of all evil, not money itself, but the love of it. There's something in the sinful nature of man and, and the, and the earthly temporal power that money gives you that, um, we need as believers to check that, to submit that to Christ. Uh, and that's why it says, let not your conduct which is really your, your, your mode of living, your lifestyle. Uh, your conduct is your lifestyle, your manner of life. It actually comes from the word like your mode of life. Um, it comes from um, the word actually style. It's kind of your mode, uh, the way you carry yourself, uh, you know, uh, the, the, your, your, your way of living. Let, let not, let your conduct be without covetousness. Um, because that right there, the covetousness will rob us of contentment because there's always something more to get. There's always something more to be. There's always this in, in, a, in an earthly sense, you know, there's always this, 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 you know, they say like in the business world, the corporate ladder, there's always this next step. There's nothing wrong uh, with moving forward and accomplishing and achieving in life. But in that drive, we do need to check covetousness. God, is this just me being driven uh, because I just want things? Is it, is this, is this a greed? For money, is this a a a a a, a unhealthy desire for power and influence, uh, Lord? You know, um, you know, uh, search my heart, right, Let, Lord. See if there be any wicked way in me. You know, um, God desires for us to to accomplish, and I I really believe with all my heart that God desires for you to have influence, uh, because when you have influence, uh, people are going to know who Jesus is. Right, um, but we even in that we need to say, God, uh, Lord, search my heart. I want to make sure my heart is right in this. It says, "Let your conduct right be without covetousness." Why? Be content, right? If there's somebody sitting with you, look at them and say, "Be content. Uh, be content with such things as you have." You know, um, be content 
with what you have. Where are you now? What do you have now? Are you able to say, Lord, I'm content. Lord, you are enough. Lord, I am content. I, I'm not gonna allow covetousness to overtake me and to drive me to do things that are sinful and unhealthy just for the thirst of things and the unhealthy desire for, for an unhealthy desire for some sort of achievement. Um, be, this is what the Bible says, be content with such things as you have, not what you don't have, but what you have. Be content, right? We need, as those of us that are married, content with who God has given us, our spouse. Happy, content, satisfied. This is enough. You know, uh, my spouse is more than enough. I am content, uh, all right? Be content with such things as you have. For, this is why, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Verse six, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Here's my next point is contentment is a decision. Point one, contentment is learned and contentment is a decision because it says here in the word, right? Be content, choose, I'm gonna be content. And I believe we need to exercise that. We need to practice that. Lord, thank you for what I have. What, you know, isn't that awesome that when we eat food, we're, we're to give God thanks because we're content with what we have. It's a practice to say, thank you, Lord, for this food right? Thank you, Lord, for where I live. Thank you, Lord, for the roof over my head. Thank you, Lord, for the clothes on my back. Thank you, Lord, for my family. Thank you, Lord, for my church. Thank you, Lord, for my friends. Thank you, Lord, for where you have me. Thank you, Lord, for where you put me. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in my life today. Content. Be content with such things as you have. I love this. I really love this next one. And it says, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, he himself has said, so we can boldly say. He said something, so now we can say something. You know, God's word has said, he will never leave us nor forsake us. So now we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. All right, and so uh, boldness is not a personality. Boldness is not a personality. I get it. Some people are are more, um, you know, they just have a certain loudness or brashness socially maybe, or they're just more outgoing. But we're, when we're talking about boldness, you know, it says we can boldly say. So boldly is not a personality. It's the nature of God inside of you. It is the nature of the spirit of God inside of you. All right, boldness comes when we receive the word of God. It says God has said, so we can boldly say. I can boldly say what God has said. I don't boldly say what I think. I don't boldly need to boldly say my opinion, my perspective, but I can boldly say what God has said. I, I'm not boldly saying what I think of myself. I am boldly saying who God says that I am. I'm not boldly saying, um, you know, uh, what 
um, I think other people should be or this or that. No, I'm going to boldly say what God has said about them. And so we boldly say what God says. We can say what God says because it's what he said. It's not what we say. We can, we, can, we can boldly, the Bible says, the righteous are as bold as a lion. We can approach the throne of grace with boldness. I'm here to tell you right now, when people are filled with the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, they were bold. They preached the word boldly. We don't preach boldly because of us. It's not our sufficiency in and of ourselves. It is Christ. It is his spirit. It is his love. It is his forgiveness. It is his um, heart for humanity and us so we can be bold. We can be bold about what God has said. What he said is true. What he said is eternal. What he said will never change. We can boldly say what God has said. Boldness comes when we receive the Holy Spirit. Boldness comes when we receive the word. That's why you got to get in the word, church. That's why you got to get in the word of God. You got to hear the word of God because that word will give you boldness. You got to say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit today. Baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to be bold like Peter. Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and he preached the word with boldness because he received the Holy Spirit. It comes from God. It's who he is. We are just, we are just a conduit of his power and his boldness and his word. We are just the male men and male women of God. We are just messengers. We are just vessels and we can speak the word with boldness. So contentment is tied in with giving God praise. Contentment is tied in to speaking the word boldly. That's where you find contentment. There's I mean, there's something attached to our mouth. That's why the, the, the series is, is stop complaining your mouth and give God praise with your mouth. Stop complaining. Stop speaking negatively with your mouth and praise God. Stop focusing on and, and regurgitating and having this negative, um, um, you know, this, uh, the, 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 this defeatist, uh, you know, victimized, vocabulary. Um, I, I know what I'm talking about. There, there, there have been times where my mouth got the best of me because of the temptation, the doubt, the negativity, the true situation around me. And my mouth started to send me down a dark path, my soul and, and depression and anxiety and fear, all that stuff. But look at right here, Hebrews 13, five, you know, it says, be content, right? And, and for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So God has said something. God has established something. He is our God. We are his people. Um, he saved us. He delivered us. He set us free. He is with us. You know, he, um, he said, come unto me, all that are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. You know, and if you come to me, uh, he said, I will by no means cast you out. Draw nigh to God. He will draw nigh to you. Every promise in the word of God, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. It is established. It is settled. The covenant is done. It is finalized with, with, with God. Through Christ to humanity, the devil is absolutely defeated. He is a defeated foe. He is done. He will try to trespass and lie and tempt and deceive. But in Christ, he has no power. And that's why it says, so we may boldly say, look at this. Look at this here. When, when it comes to contentment, it, all right here, contentment is having an understanding of what God has already done. 
being content, being sufficient in Christ, adequate in Christ, positioning ourselves in and, and with a spirit, a heart, an attitude of contentment comes because we know that God has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So we may boldly say your mouth is all up in there when it comes to being content. Your mouth, and look what it says, the Lord is my helper. What is that? That's praise. The Lord is my help, okay? The Lord is my help. The Lord is my helper. The Holy Spirit, by definition, is called the helper. I will send you the helper, the comforter, the counselor, the, the, the paraclete in the Greek, the one called along your side that will help. He is our helper, okay? He is my help, my help. That's a gospel song. Um, you know, he is my help, my help, right? Hezekiah Walker, okay? I'm gonna try to think of that song. I, I can't quite think of it exactly, but it's just, it's just running through in my heart right now. You know, he is my help, my help, right? Old preachers used to say, when they'd start preaching, feel the presence of God, the anointing, they'd say, I feel my help coming on. I feel my help coming on, right? I, I, I feel something on me that isn't of me. I, I sense in my spirit something moving in my life, speaking to me, moving through me, establishing me, um, affirming and confirming who I am. And, and it is not me. It is, it is him that, that is doing it. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. I mean, look at that. Those are words. I will not fear in the name of Jesus. That How do I practice being content? Do what this word says. This is just scripture. This is not Pastor Sean trying to drum up something really cool to say. This is the word of God. It says to say this. I will not fear. You, you, you might be tempted right now to not be content, to complain, to murmur, to gripe, to be negative because of legitimate negative situations. But you got to resist that. Say, I will not fear. I will not fear. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can man do to me? You know what the answer is? Nothing. Nothing. Man can do nothing. Here it is. Here is my third point, folks. God has said, so we can say. All right? God has said, so we can say, all right? You say what God says, you say what God said. You keep saying what God said. You keep saying what God said. My first point, contentment is learned. My second point, contentment is a decision. Contentment is a decision. My third point, God has said, so we can say. My last verse, all right? Boldly, here. Uh, I was gonna read my last verse, but I wanna tell you this, boldly. It says we can say boldly. Boldly means to exercise courage. Exercise, it's effort, it's a choice exercise it, all right? Last verse, 1 Timothy 6, 6. It says, now, 1 Timothy 6, verse 6. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Because it said, you know, in this verse, it was saying that great, you know, people are saying that great gain 
is godliness. And there's covetousness again. There is a worldliness that I gotta get all this stuff and I'll be happy. I get all this stuff and people think I'm somebody. I get all this stuff, I get this accolade, I get this position, I get this authority, I get this influence, I hang out with this person, I take a selfie with this person and I am somebody. Look at my Instagram, I'm somebody. Look at who I hang out with, look who I know, look what I am, look what I do, right? And it, it, you know, and isn't that the spirit of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life? You know, and, and, and it's saying that no, um, um, great gain is not godliness. Great gain is not godliness. But first Timothy six, six says now godliness, Christ likeness, loving people, being patient with people, uh, you know, serving people, forgiving people, blessing people, um, you know, uh, now godliness with, with contentment is great gain from God's perspective. When we are godly, when we put others first, when we're praying for others, when we're serving others, when we are listening to others, when we are slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to wrath, when we, uh, you know, are, are, are truly, um, you know, have a heart that is pure toward people, uh, godliness and, and contentment, being content with where I am, with who I am, in my God, that from heaven's perspective, that from God's perspective is great gain in the kingdom of God. All right, look at verse seven. For we brought nothing into this world. You brought nothing into this world, church, and it is certain you can carry nothing out. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Verse eight, and having food and clothing, and with these we shall be content. In Christ, with God, we are content. But those who desire, those who are driven, those who have an unhealthy desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. My goodness. Somebody said contentment is important. Contentment is important. In this day and age, we got to learn how to be content with God and content with those that we love and do life with because that's all that matters at the end of the day, the two commandments and on whom and on what the whole law and the prophets are hinged and hang on is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. That is it. Those are the two greatest commandments. There are 600 some commandments in the book of the law and in the Torah, in the Old Testament, the civil laws, the ceremonial laws, and the moral laws. There are 600 and Jesus said, look, I'm about to simplify this. I'm about to break this down. If you get these two right, you're gonna be okay. If you get this right, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself and be content with such things as you have. Come on, somebody. For Look at verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. All right, it, it, all kinds of evil in that, in discontentment for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. This is my last point. A healthy soul is the goal. 
A healthy soul is the goal. Contentment is about spiritual health. Contentment is about soul health. Contentment is about mental health. Contentment is about emotional health. Contentment is about health. Why, why, why? How am I saying this? Verse 10, real quick here, and then we're going to close. Uh, but 1 Timothy 6.10, it says, For the love of money, lack of contentment. That's what it is. That's what it is. The love of money is discontentment with what I have, is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith, unhealthy. Discontentment produces unhealthy spiritual lives, man. Um, they strayed from the faith in their greediness. What is that? Discontentment, not being content. And pierced themselves through with many sorrows. It's unhealthy. It is unhealthy. Contentment with godliness is great gain. Your soul matters more than things. Your soul matters more than achievements. Your soul matters more than power, meaning, you know, power, influence. Your soul matters more than um, greediness and, and getting a bunch of stuff, right? Your soul matters more. Here we go, real quick. I'm just gonna review the points and then we're gonna pray. Contentment is learned. It can be learned, church. Contentment is learned. Contentment is a decision. God has said, so we can say, and here we go, a healthy soul is the goal. It is the goal. I hope you enjoyed the message, and my prayer is that it inspired and challenged you. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And to stay connected, just follow us on social media. Remember, there's always hope and your future in God is great.